Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, I won't be before you long. I'm actually um, just making sure that I don't go over time. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We we honor you today. We thank you for this as an opportunity to share your word. I pray none of me, but all of you. I pray you think through my mind, speak through my lips. I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word to them that are weary. Thank you, Father, for making my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. I thank you, Father. I'm asking for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of me. I thank you that I minister not as a mere man, but I minister out of those graces that you have given me. And I step into those offices as your man, as your mouthpiece to these, your people. And I thank you. I pray that you'll grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. I give your name glory and honor. I praise you. Come on, just lift up those hands wherever you are. I praise you and I glorify you. Let's take a few moments to continue to minister to the Lord. I praise you and I honor you this morning. And we welcome your presence. For without you, we can do nothing. For it is useless to meet together if you're not in the midst, your manifested presence, that is. And God, I thank you that you are in the midst of us. You said, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in your in his name, you're in the midst. And I thank you for being in the midst. And Father, I thank you that as I speak your word, I thank you that it will fall on good ground today. It will produce some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. And I praise you and I glorify you and I give your name honor and glory in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Listen, um, it's a good day to be alive. It's a good day. Thank God we are here. Uh, many, many believers have gone home to be with the Lord um, uh, with COVID-19, but I thank God that we're here. Amen. That the Lord has protected us. Um, even as Prophet Evans said that things are going to get worse, but thank God for Psalm 91 the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, common sense. Come on, y'all need to wear some masks. Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, but make sure you have your mask on, you do, still doing the hand sanitizer and watching what you're doing because um, this thing is not a joke. So we're gonna, I'm gonna share with you some things that the Lord has placed on my heart. I'm actually gonna talk about faithful living. Faithful living. Faithful living. I want to share a, a missing key that's in, that is in the life of many, many believers, um, something that's missing in many believers. I've been saved most of my life, um, ever since I was four, and um, I just turned 25 last year, as some of y'all will know, PD turns 25, <laughs> glory to God. Um, but um, I, I've noticed that there was, I'm going to give a shout out to my cousin, Lady K. Hey, what's up, Lady K? Um um, there's a missing ingredients that I've seen um, in the life of many of God's people. And I want to talk about that. You, you have some pe some pray, some, you know, people study the word, which we all should pray. We should all study the word. 
And then we also, we are worshipers, um, but there's still something missing. If you pray, study the scriptures every day, and you worship God daily, you are on the right track. And of course, you should fast from time to time. But this misingredients that I'm going to talk about today, as it relates to um, faithful living, it is the missing ingredients of meditation, meditation. And I want to talk about this lost art and discipline of meditation. It's a thing that will bring to pass what you're believing God for. Many times people confess the word and they pray and they pray the prayer of faith, but they're missing this element, this ingredient, ingredients called meditation. It is a spiritual discipline that if executed on a daily basis will actually cause you to grow more than any other spiritual discipline. Many a times people think if I can just only pray eight hours a day for the next year or so, I will grow spiritually. You will grow some. If I study the scriptures for the next eight years uh, and learn the Hebrew and the Greek, you will grow some. If I worship, spend time walking the floor and declaring who God is, you will experience some type of spiritual growth. But the growth, nothing can compare to the growth that comes from meditation, meditating the scriptures. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, meditating the scriptures. Um, we do it. We meditate all the time. You know, you think about it. We meditate on the wrong things. You know, when you think about worrying, um, that is a form of meditation. And so I'm going to talk about meditating the word. The greatest need of the church today, the greatest need of the church is the mind renewal, the mind renewal, renewing of the mind. Many believers are born again, but they have wrong thinking. And if you have wrong thinking, you have wrong believing. You have wrong confessing, you have wrong living. And so in order to get your life right, you got to think right. The scripture says in Proverbs, um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if I can change the way that I think, I can change my mind. The difference between a poor man and a rich man is the way that they think. Rich people think differently than poor people. Poor people may think about money a whole lot more, but rich people actually, they actually live be, below their, their income. And so we, as the people of God, should change the way that we think. And we're going to go over to that scripture in Romans chapter 12 in just a minute. And I want to, I just want to plug this in. The second greatest need of the church, the first greatest need is the mind renewal. The second greatest need is to learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. You can make confessions every day. You can worship. You can give your tithes and your offerings. You can sow seeds. But if you don't learn how to be led by the Spirit, you won't ever see the fullness of your faith in manifestation, the very things that you're believing God for. And so I want to encourage you to learn how to be led by the Spirit. It is life or death. The Spirit of God will lead you out of sickness and out of disease and lead you out of poverty and out of debt. The Spirit of God will lead you out of a drama-filled relationship into a healthy relationship. The Spirit of God will lead you to the right jobs, 
to the right interviews, to the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. Spirit of God will lead you into holiness. Spirit of God will lead you out of sin. You got an abundance in your life, a stronghold in your life. The Spirit of God will lead you right out of that if you'll learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. But I'm not going to talk about being led by the Spirit. I'm, I'm going to be talking about the mind, the mind renewal, meditation, and faithful living. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read out of two translations today, um, Christian Standard Bible the CSB, and also the ESV, the English Standard Version. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. So Romans 12 picks up where uh, what we call th that these are the applications of what Paul just laid. The first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul is preaching the gospel. This is a church that he did not establish. So he didn't find, um, he did, he wasn't the planter of Roman, the Roman church, but he actually, he wanted to make sure that the gospel was, they had the gospel right. And so, so he laid out the gospel from Romans 1 to Romans chapter 11. In Romans 12, this is how we should live from 12 to 16. We live in light of the gospel. So he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. So he's calling the gospel the mercies of God. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Notice that God tells us what to do with our bodies. Uh, many times people want to get tatted up, and I'm not against tattoos. I don't write me no emails, no hate emails. You can get tatted up all you want to, but you better make sure that you check with the owner of the body who is Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus and that we are to glorify God with our spirit in our bodies. And so God owns your body twice, one by the mere fact that he created you, two by the mere fact that he sent Jesus to die for you. And so you're owned twice. He redeemed you twice. He, 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 possess, he possesses you twice. And so make sure whatever you do with your body, that you, you are checking with the owner. You can't just do whatever you want with your body. You got to make sure that the owner is, is pleased with what you're, whatever you're doing. He says, I present, I urge you, so there's an urgency, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, something that is alive. He wants us to present our bodies. And then he goes on, he says, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. You really want to you really want to check and make sure that you're really in true worship. Worship is beyond um, just um, lifting up the hands. I, I do believe I got worship music for days, and and you should declare who God is and walk around the house and listening to your praise and worship and declaring who God is. That is definitely worship. But as for as far as a Christian, every area of the life of the believer is worship. From your job to your to your money to your families, it's everything that we do is worship to God. And so here Paul is saying, this is your true worship as you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on, verse two: do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So here Paul is saying, 
get your minds renewed, be transformed, be changed. Many Christians are saved on the inside. Their spirits are reborn again, reborn, but their minds are still thinking like the world. So it's not enough to say the prayer and ask Jesus into your life. Now you got to go through the process of the renewing of the mind. And, and, and in order, sometimes we, we, we want to attack people in their behavior, but it's really a mind renewal. How do you, how do you get a, a homosexual delivered? You know, some people immediately go to casting out a devil. And I'm not saying that that might not necessarily be needed. But what I am saying is the mind renewal. That person needs to have their mind baptized in the word of God concern, concerning their sexuality. And so the, the mind needs to be renewed. It needs to be washed. It needs to be changed. And so a person, the way that person is changed is by the mind renewal. And it takes the word of God and it takes the Holy Spirit renewing the mind. And so notice that God wants um, want our bodies to be offered up as sacrifices. So he tells us what to do with our bodies. He turns around, tells us what to do with our minds. So it's not enough to just um, worship and all these things and not have your mind renewed. How many know that you know some Christians who kind of, they're kind of flaky, flaky in their thinking. You know, Joyce Myers talked about having stinking thinking. And, and, and we don't think right. You know, we think we and, and the way we think is the way that we are <laughs> as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. So notice that this passage reveals to us. And I'm J.P. Phillips, who is um, was a um, scholar back in the day. His translation of the New Testament actually says this. Do not allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you in its mold. That's J.P. Phillips, New Testament. Do not allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you in its mold, but be changed by the renewing of the mind. So we're talking about meditation today, faithful living. How do I live in a way that is pleasing to God? Now, it is impossible to please God or to walk in the fullness of God's will with an unrenewed mind. You and I will never know the perfect will of God, unless we renew our mind. You, you can't do the will of God without a, without a renewed mind. So our minds are very, God tells us in Philippians what to think about. Isaiah 26, verse three, he says, um, if you keep my mind stayed, if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll keep you in perfect or mature peace. So God tells us what to do with our minds. You can't think any kind of thoughts. <laughs> God is concerned about your thoughts. You can't stop thoughts from coming. Now, if a thought comes, I mean, I, back in the day, I used to look at a lot of mafia movies. And um, I don't know if y'all been saved all your little lights, but I used to look at Casino, Scarface, um, I, 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 you know, just, just a lot of mafia. The Godfather, all of those mafia movies. And sometimes I'll be in a conference with um, a conference table sitting down with a bunch of pastors and the thought was just hit them, just go ahead and hit them. And, and, and th those thoughts came from um, feeding, having my mind thinking about mafia and, and it's, it's horrible, but thank God I've been delivered. I do look at them from every time, every now and then, but that those, your mind has to be renewed. So it's not enough to just get born again or even get filled with the spirit. We need to have our minds renewed. And so Paul, Paul lays out the threefold will of God. It's the good, the acceptable, as King James says, or the pleasing, as um, um, CS, 
B says, and the perfect will of God. So you have the, 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 the good will of God, the acceptable or pleasing will of God, and then you have the perfect will of God. To me, that speaks of Mark chapter four. In Mark chapter four, Jesus talks about three returns on, on the word. He talks about the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold. The 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold, which is connected to the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. I don't know about you, but I want the perfect will of God for my life. I want to walk in the hundredfold will of God for my life. And so this, this only can come about with meditation, the renewing of the mind. Your mind is a major key of knowing and doing the perfect will of God. You have to do something with your mind. If you find yourself when you pray and you're thinking about what you're going to eat after you pray, are you reading scriptures and you think about who, who likes your posts on social media or who's following you on Twitter or who's who's looking at your Snapchat? Yeah, that's right. I got Snapchat. Um, who's looking at your MySpace? Yeah, MySpace is still alive and well. Go there, MySpace.com. Um, but um, I'm on all those platforms. <laughs> um, you, uh, if you're thinking about those things, then you got to take control of your mind. You can cast the devil out of the soulless realm. But you, you, but you can't cast out unthink, uh, uh, unscriptural thinking. Unscriptural thinking comes out by renewing of the mind. You got to change that mindset. Um, the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. It says Paul is praying for um, the church, and he says, "I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body." So that reveals to us that we are a three-part being: spirit, soul, and body. And so you are a spirit, not that you have a spirit, you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. The part of us that got born again was not our bodies. One day we will have new bodies, according to Romans 8. Um, our soul didn't necessarily get born again, because the Bible says in James, it says, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. So your soul is being saved. And your, but your spirit got saved. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And so what is new about us when we got born again is our spirit man. But our soul is our mind, our will, our intellect. That's where demons hang out. Demons can, can as a Christian, demons can get in your soul or in your body, but not in your spirit, because that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. But your soul is the part of you that needs to be renewed. Um, it needs to be transformed. And a lot of times people, think people talk about inner healing. They're talking about the soul being renewed or restored. That soulless realm needs to come in line with your spirit. And so in order to have faithful living and, and understanding the power of meditation, you got to take this, the word of God and allow that word to wash your soul, to change and to save your will. How many know that your soul, you can, you can be saved and still think ungodly thoughts, still think about um, fighting and, 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 being, and, and, and stealing and, 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 and doing ungodly things with your body, but your, your, your mind has to be, be changed and transformed. So that was my intro. <laughs> so um, go with me to Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one. 
and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? It's blessing me. <laughs> um, we're talking about faithful living and, and, and the lost art of meditation. You, you, you got to get your mind right. Everybody say, I got to get my mind right. Come on. Come on. Text that. Um, put that in the chat box. I got to get my mind right. Because your mind will hold you back from walking in those prophetic declarations that's been said over your life. See, if your mind is not right, you'll end up still, you know, God has already made provision for you to walk in the fullness of his will and his blessings. But if your mind isn't right, you won't, you won't, you won't enjoy it. You got to, you got to get that mind in line with the word of God. And so God has given us the word of God. So it, it is, it is a mystery to me why Christians, people who say they love Jesus, but don't take any time in studying the scriptures. You, you got to get that word in you. you. You're not going to change unless that word is, the Bible says in Colossians, it says, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. And there are a lot of people who are poor as it relates to the amount of word that's in them. So you got to get the word in you. The word has the ability to, to, to heal your body. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 that the word of God is health to my flesh. And so if you get that word in you, that word will start dealing with your strongholds. I believe in deliverance ministry. I came I came up under a deliverance minister. And, and every Sunday night there was deliverance, some unscriptural, but we won't talk about that. Um, they had buckets and paper towels. I think the paper towel, um, um, the, the, the amount of money they spend on paper towels was ridiculous because it was coughing. I've seen people levitate and some of it was not God. It was just flesh. Um, just because you have a manifestation of demonic powers doesn't mean that anything's happening. Sometimes it will invoke devils in you, but we will talk about that another time. But but I'm telling you, you you you, you got to get your mind that that this is the hardest part. If I can say this, the hardest part of walking out your faith is 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 getting the mind renewed, and that takes it's a process. It's a lifelong journey of changing your mindset. God can say that you're wonderful, that you're blessed and highly favored, but if you don't get your mindset right, you you even though you are those things, you'll still be walking like an unblessed, unfavored child. There's some people who are who who are free. The door is open. God has already opened the door. God has already made the provision for you to be free. You just got to walk it out. You got you to gotta walk in your freedom and walk in that newness of mind. See, your spirit man is already born again, already made in the image of God. It's your soul that needs to line up with it. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says this. I didn't mean to preach, but it got good to me. Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Uh, many Christians have, have allowed the book of the law to depart from their mouths. We, we, this book of the law includes specifically talking about the law, the first five books of the Bible. But Joshua is saying, don't allow this book to depart from your mouth because, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18 that the death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if I can change your talking, I can change your life. Well, what other scripture you have, PD? James chapter three says this, that the, that the tongue is a powerful member that it controls the course of the life. So, so, so for some of y'all who want to lose weight, just begin to declare 
that it's easy for you to lose weight because your mouth controls your body. Your mouth can control your kidneys. Your, your mouth can control your blood sugar. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. The, the, the word of God in upon the mouth is creative power. It can change your mind. It can change, it can destroy strongholds. One of the words for the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And we're to take that sword and we to change that mindset and fight the enemy against. So this Bible, this word says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But what's the next part? But you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall meditate on the word of God day and night. Now, most of us have jobs. Some of us work from 11 to 7. Some of us work from 7 to 3, 9 to 5. Uh, some of us work from 2 to 11. Listen, we have jobs. So we can't sit down and just study the scriptures, read the scriptures day and night. So he's not talking about that. He's talking about meditation. He says, um, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. We have a command to meditate the word of God day in and day out. I enjoy movies. I look at movies. I'm, a, I'm planning on watching some shows when I get off of here after I eat, but then I'm going to go and meditate some scriptures. So we need to take some time to meditate. So what is the purpose of meditation? I'm glad you asked. It says this, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. You may be careful to do all that's written in it. So the point of meditation is so that you can live it out. <laughs> so what you meditate the most is the way you live. Whatever you think about the most, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's how you're going to live. And so if I can change my mind, if I can change what I'm thinking, I can change my life. If I can change the way that I think about money, if I can change the way I think about marriage or singleness or my job or, or, or the raising of my kids or friendships or how I treat the church, if I can change my mindset, if I can, if I can meditate on the right things, I can, I can observe what to do. So this scripture tells me that as I meditate the word of God day and night, then I'm going to be very careful how I'm living, because that meditation will become a part of us. Now, for time's sake, I don't have time to go over there, but in John, I'm going to make time. John chapter 15. Let's go there. John chapter 15. John, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. John chapter 15. John 15. And let's go over there and let's look at verse four. Verse four. It says this. Well, let's start with verse one. Um, it, it, it's sometimes you, you, you can't help it, but but look at verse one. It says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I read it out of ESV. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That is to, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. Why? Because of the words that I've spoken to you. So, you know, Hezekiah, Bishop Hezekiah Walker has a song called, Won't He Make You Clean? Y'all know that song? Won't he make you clean? Clean inside. Well, the way God cleanses us is through the word of God. It's through the word of God. See, we've been in the world. We're, we're in the world, but not of it. We go to work with, um, 
with unbelievers, most of us do, and they use profanity. So the other day, I'm going to make a confession. The other day, I was um, recording for Moments with PD. Moments with PD is about five, 10 minutes um, of just moments with me every Monday that's released on my YouTube channel. And I'm, I'm teaching. I was teaching about purpose and making wise decisions. And all of a sudden, I said the S word while I'm, I'm exhorting. I'm like, where did that come from? But I realized because I, I work around a bunch of unbelievers and they use profanity all the time. I mean, they, I, they cuss young, old, black, white, Hispanic. They, they cussing, they cussing machine. I never heard so much cussing in my life. And, and that S word came out of my mouth while I was declaring the word of God. I said, like, oh, Jesus. And, and so, of course, they're going to edit it out. I think they should let leave it in there <laughs> to show the humanity of PD. But. But if you know me, I, I don't cuss. I, 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 don't, I don't ever remember cussing. But I'm telling you that because we're in the world, we need a bath, spiritually speaking and naturally, every single day. We need to scrub our mindset because we're around unbelievers and those spirits that are on them and in them, they're talking and cussing. You, you, you know, it would be great to hear healing scriptures and, 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 and the Bible read every day, I mean, at work, but most of us can't do that. So therefore we're, we're in it and, and we're hearing these words and those things affect us. So God has given us his, his word so that we can remember our creator and that, so we can renew our minds with that word. So we can meditate on it. We got to change the mindset. So here the scripture tells us you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and in I in you. Let's jump down to verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you wish and it will be done for you. He says, abide in me and my words. Notice the words, the words abiding in you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. The level, this is how you know whether or not that the word of God is abiding in you. All right. This is how you know whether or not the word of God is abiding you in you. The word of God abides in you to the amount that you actually live. If you're not living the word of God, you're not it's not abiding in you. You just know it mentally. There are many Christians that know the word mentally, but it hasn't got into their spirit. And that's where meditation comes in. That's where faithful living comes in. If it's in you, it's going to come out. Is going to come out in the way that you live. And I'm telling you that you got to get that word in you. It abides in you to the amount, to the degree that you're at the, to the degree that you're living it. If you're not living it, it's not in you. You can know the Greek and the Hebrew. You can know Genesis to Revelation. You can quote all great scriptures. But if you're not living, I know plenty of people can out preach me any day, but they're not living anything. There's no power. And so you got to have that word in you to the extent that you're living it out. You become not just a quoting Bible, walking quoting Bible, but you're actually living it out. It's flesh. It's Jesus in your flesh, living his life out in you because of the word of God. All right. All right my time is getting away, but let me, let me leave you with this. This book of the law needs to stay in your mouth. This book of the law, you, you, you're either going to speak life or death. And the word meditation means this. It means to think over. It means to think over. It means to toss over in your mind, in your heart. 
It means to, to ponder, to mutter, to confess, to focus. That's what the word means in Hebrew. It means to think over, to toss over in your mind and your heart, to ponder, to mutter, to confess. What are you saying? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as you're meditating, whatever you're meditating on the most, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. So if you've got cussing in you, it's going to come out of your mouth. If you got hatred in you, it's going to come out of your mouth. Some people say, well, I don't, you don't, you don't know my heart. The devil is a liar. So are you. I know your heart by, what, by, by the words of your mouth. So what you say is what's in your heart. Because your mouth is an indicator of what you're full of, what you're full of. Whatever you're full of will come out. It's going to come out, whether in a joke or just a, com a, a casual conversation. And so this word of God must be in us in abundance. If we're going to have faithful living, we're going to have to have an abundance of the word of God in our hearts. And how we get that word? By meditation, taking the scriptures and thinking about it meditating over the scripture. My last scripture is this, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 7. Here's Paul preaching to his, uh, writing to his son in the ministry. And he says this, 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 7. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Think over what I say. Many Christians are not thankful Christians. They don't think. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 22, he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, the seed of who you are, with all your mind. Some Christians start thinking about, they're not loving him with their minds. You know, they got their emotions intact. They got their, they're loving, their, their affections are on the Lord, but you got to love the Lord with all your mind. That means you got to think the right thoughts. You got to think his thoughts after him. You got to think his thoughts after him. You got to think about him in the way that he tells us to think about in his word. And so Paul says this, think over what I say. That means take it and drag it through your mind again and again and again and again. Take that word and, and drag it through your mind. See, that's the hard work of Christianity. See, the, see, sometimes we want to focus on, let me cut this habit, let me cut that. And you need to do some, some, you need to make some efforts to cutting stuff. But what I'm saying to you, you want that permanent change? Get that word in your mouth and get it in your mind and drag it through. Meditate on the scripture. And, and so real quick, how do you meditate the scriptures? How do you meditate the scriptures? You take scriptures, you take the word of God and you read it. Over and over again. So let's take a book, a short book. Let's say First John. First John, there's five chapters. You take First John and you read First John several times in one day. And let's say you take about three months and you read First John again and again and again and again. And you read it to the point that you get sick of it. You make yourself eat. How many know you're eating good stuff and greens and, and, and stuff that's alive? I'm not talking about you know, collard greens per se, but salads and stuff, stuff that's alive, pouring good stuff in you. You don't do it just because it tastes good, but you do it because it's good for you. 
So taking that scripture, first John, you may get sick of looking at first John and you read it, I, I, you know, taking a book like that, reading that 25 times a day, 25 times a day, making yourself eat it. First John, eat it, eat it, eat it. Okay, so what's happening? And then while you're reading first John, you take a break and you go and pray in tongues a little bit and you go worship God a little bit. And you go pray the scriptures a little bit. And then you come back and you read it again. And you get up in the morning before you go to work. You read 1 John. Then on your lunch break, you read 1 John. When, before you go into your job, you look at the, path, the 1 John and you read it. And then when you get off of work, before you get on the highway, take some time and read 1 John. While you're driving, you got 1 John on Audible. And so you're listening to 1 John on Audible. And then when you get home, while you're cooking for those men and women who are cooking at home, you're cooking, you're listening to First John. And then you sit down, you look at TV a little bit, and you play with your little kids or your grandkids, or you're single, enjoy your, your singleness. And then right before you go, while you're taking a shower, maybe got a, a Bluetooth speaker, and you listen to First John. And then, then when you get ready to go to bed, you, you read scriptures, and maybe you read it through a Bible plan that a lot of churches are doing. You read through that, and then you go to First John, and last thing that you read about is First John. So what are you doing? You're assimilating. You're immersing yourself in the Word of God. And I'm telling you, if you'll do that, that Word will grab a hold of you, and it'll change your life. That Word, it, the whole, you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. Many, the problem is we don't give the Holy Spirit much to, to work with. One, we don't pray enough in tongues. We shunned out for a minute because when, when your tongue gets dry, you stop. Wrong thing to do. And then we, we don't worship enough. So we worship just a little bit. Lord, I love you. Oh, you're so good. You're so grateful. Amen. We don't spend an hour or 30 minutes worshiping God and laying prostrate before the Lord, even on your dirty carpet, laying prostrate before the Lord and crying out before God and worshiping him, not asking for stuff, but just worshiping him. And then, you know, and then when you, when you read the scripture, you go to your favorite passage or go to the Proverbs a day. Oh, that's good. And that's it. Highlight it a little bit. And that's the amount of word that you get. And then you get you get mad at the pastor because he, he's calling um, Sunday school, Kingdom University, and then he, then you got church on at ten fifteen, and then you got Bible study on what? What were your Bible study? Tuesday nights. You got Tuesday night Bible study, and then, and then he was like, "Oh, we're gonna do a Friday night service." And how many know that we need that amount of word? <laughs> we need that amount of word. Oh, I just don't have enough time. I, no, you, you, you can't afford not to get the word of God in you. I, I'm gonna stop because I, I can go on, but I want to. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to take some time to meditate. Find a book and don't stop. Don't stop being deep. Don't be deep. Oh Lord, what book you want me to read? Just find a book and read it, and let that book. Because because how many know we need whatever is in that book? We need everything from Genesis to Revelation. So wherever you start is where God's gonna locate you. And he's going to grab you. He's going to take your spirit and your soul. He's going, it's going, he's going to baptize you in that book. And I'm telling you, as you read it, as you meditate on it, as you quote it to yourself, confession is not so much for other people, but it's for yourself. So when you say, by the stripes of Jesus, you're speaking to your soul. Speak to yourself. So as you take that word, you, you, com you command your soul to line up with that passage. 
And when you believe what you're saying, that's when you'll have what you say. And so you take that passage, whatever book it is, and I, I, I recommend that you start with a small book. Small book like a First John, a Philippians, a Colossians, and you take that book or Ephesians, and you take it and you read a Philemon, Philemon one chapter. Read that a hundred times in two days. Read it over and over. Make yourself while you're on the toilet. Read that scripture while you're waiting at the DMV. Read that scripture while you you know whatever you're waiting for the doctors or the dentist. Read that scripture. You got smartphones, so pull it out and read and meditate. Write write it out memorize it. I'm telling you that word of God will get a hold of you and you'll give the Holy Spirit something to work with so he can renew your mind concerning that passage of the word of God. I want to recommend a book. Um, it's a small book. It's written back in the 50s, I believe, maybe even earlier. That It's called uh, How to Master the English Bible. How to Master the English Bible. It's by, his name is James M. Gray. And if you if you like have a Kindle, I think it's free on, on Amazon. James M. Gray. It's a small little book, but it actually teaches you how to meditate the Word of God. Now, of course, I found this book looks much later on in life, just a few years ago. But this is what I've been doing ever since I was a teenager, meditating the scriptures. My mother can testify to me to you that I've been I was putting scriptures around the passage. I read the book of Ephesians as a teenager, probably 150 times. I would read it every Sunday, read the Ephesians, and then I would pray the scriptures 150 times. Just imagine as a teenager. So when the teenagers were out having sex, I was meditating that scripture. And when I was tempted, that's those scriptures kept me in the time of temptation. Amen. Glory to God. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word has been given to us to renew our minds so that we can have faithful living. Father, I pray that we'll put first place your word so that we can live faithfully in your sight, that we may prove the will of God, the, the good, the acceptable and pleasing and perfect will of God, that we may have the 30-fold, the 60-fold and the 100. God, we, we're greedy enough because we want a 100-fold walk with you. And Father, may this word of God draw us closer to you. May we meditate. May your people this week find a book and meditate on for the next several months so they can grow spiritually, so they can conform to that word, so they can see the fruit of the word of God in their lives. And I thank you. You said we'll know if we're your disciples, we'll continue your word and we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. Thank you for the freedom that the word of God will bring in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just make this one comment. Listen, if you um, don't neglect other readings, so as you're reading that small book, don't neglect the rest of the word of God. So that's why it's good to have a Bible reading plan. So read through the Bible, the Bible reading plan, so you can get a whole, the, 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 I mean, we need a full diet. We don't just need, you know, the Proverbs, but we need all of it, not just the Psalms, but we need the begats and so-and-so begat so-and-so. We need that as well as Revelation. So read from Genesis to Revelation. That's your, you know, get you a Bible plan where you're reading through the Bible. But then as you meditate, meditate on that one book, go over, I say about three or four months, just meditate on it. I'm telling you, you'll get so many revelations, get you a little um, pamp, um, a little journal. Now, nowadays, I'm trying to look for one. Nowadays, they, they have little pamp, um, journals where you can write in and you can write the scriptures out, 
mem memorize it, speak it, confess it, pray through that passage. And also, I want to give an opportunity, if you're here and you're not born again, you're not born again, but you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, I want you to raise your hand. Is there anyone here who don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins and would like to receive Jesus as your Savior? Is there one here? Say, that's me. I, I, want, to, I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus. I want to go ahead and pray with you. I'm not going to assume that you're saved. I'm going to pray. And so everybody join me. Say, Father God. I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. And I believe that I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, with the confession of my mouth and faith in my heart. I receive the Lord Jesus, and I want to thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.